This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, April 15th, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. For several countries, the COVID-19 outbreak has put the government's surveillance in the mix as a potential solution to address the contacts that spread the virus. But we know from experience, government powers granted in one context often find their way to broader use in ways that more directly threaten liberty and privacy on an ongoing basis. Cato's Matthew Feeney discusses the tools of surveillance during a pandemic. Countries like Israel, uh, like South Korea, uh, and Apple, and Google, and uh, some other tech companies have sort of hit upon surveillance as a key to dealing with this uh, pandemic. Some of those um, policies are a little more invasive than others. The private ones, for example, are opt-in. So what do you make of using surveillance as a tool during this very sort of strange and difficult time? At first glance, I think it's clear to uh, most people, why why surveillance would be an interesting or, or useful strategy at a time like this. Uh, we are in the midst of a pandemic, uh, and uh, the way that it spreads is person to person. And if you are in contact with someone who is uh, COVID-19 positive, there's a chance that you'll get it. So it makes sense that if you're trying to tackle this problem, that the more information you have about who has the disease and who they've been in contact with, the more easy uh, it will be to tackle this this virus, and uh, that I think makes sense. And I don't think uh, I'm, I'm I don't have many disagreements on on that assessment. Uh, what you've seen around the world, though, is a, a varying degrees of surveillance. Uh, you've seen, for example, uh, in China, uh, the use of their already uh, widespread surveillance system. You've had uh, countries in the Western world that have discussed uh, or used. Uh, drones, for example, to help enforce a variety of the social distancing guidelines or stay-at-home orders. And this puts civil libertarians in an interesting position because we're used to, uh, in a post-9-11 world, used to talking mostly about civil liberties as they're implicated in the ongoing uh, war on terrorism and domestically the war on crime. And the strategy that, that many civil libertarians have deployed is to criticize uh, not only the overuse of surveillance, uh, but also its effectiveness. And it's certainly true that that I and uh, my, my colleagues at Cato and other civil libertarians have spent a lot of time uh, pointing out that uh, oftentimes these surveillance techniques actually aren't very efficient. Uh, and you've certainly seen a lot of discussion along those lines in the wake of the Snowden revelations. Uh, this, this COVID-19 pandemic though is interesting because I think actually you could make a case that in a situation where you have a contagious disease, the more information you have about where people are and who they've been in contact with, the easier it would be to address the public health emergency. And I think that means that civil libertarians uh, should spend time, I think, making sure that we, similarly to the fight on terrorism, we define what it means for this crisis to be over. Uh, We push for policies that would uh, require lawmakers to put a lot of these surveillance authorities and tools back in the box they came in once all this is over. Uh, the problem here is, though, that uh, the, this this crisis is a little harder to define than a war. Uh, if you're in a traditional war, you uh, have a government or an army that surrenders, and that can mark the end of the conflict. Uh, even in the war on terrorism, while it's certainly... Um, gone on much longer than I think any of us thought in 2001, uh, there's nonetheless organizations you can define or talk about. Here, it's it's not clear exactly what it means for this health emergency to be 
over. And that, that does worry me because we have certainly infringes on civil liberties while uh, the, the fight against this pandemic is ongoing. So uh, put it back in the box. That uh, is probably where a lot of people who might otherwise uh, agree that surveillance can be a useful tool uh, have to stop and say, well, uh, what, it, what, is the, what are the costs if we can't put it back in the box? The costs uh, are potentially very serious. For example, uh, we are in a situation where we want to gather more information about where people have been and who they've been in contact with. Uh, and that's very valuable. I can, well, I can see why this would be valuable in a fight against a virus, but it would also be useful for uh, seeing who attended a certain protest or religious gathering or a gun show or people who uh, visited an abortion clinic. Uh, the, the, this, this technology that people are discussing uh, is not necessarily confined to a fight against a virus. And I do worry that while these numerous uh, surveillance methods are deployed, that you'll have lawmakers and law enforcement officials who will look at this and think, actually, I can think of other uh, other ways in which this surveillance technology could be deployed. What's been interesting is uh, work done by uh, the, the folks at Apple and Google, who you mentioned earlier, who are trying to figure out ways that you can do contact tracing, so keeping a track of who has been in contact with who, uh, without implicating privacy. Uh, probably the most invasive way of doing this kind of location tracking, or certainly one of the most, is uh, GPS tracking. Uh, there are discussions uh, at the moment about using Bluetooth technology so that you'll be able to be informed by the uh, technology uh, that you've been close to someone who has tested positive, but without revealing uh, specific identification or location information. Uh, and that's interesting. And I certainly uh, welcome you know, private sector attempts to figure out ways that we can inform people about their health while also keeping, uh, w- while also keeping privacy preserved. Uh, what I, I do worry is that we'll use rather blunt instruments that we've seen in the past, whether that's uh, the drones I discussed before, uh, GPS tracking in order to track uh, the the spread of the virus, because uh, unfortunately, that's a kind of surveillance technology that I don't think will go back in the box it came from. Are you putting all your eggs in the basket of private enterprise solving this largely on an opt-in basis? Well, that that's or is, the, is yeah. the, do you do you view that there there is some role for government here? You, you've put your finger on, I think, an interesting question for, for classical liberals, uh, because we can all applaud the innovations of private companies like Apple and Google. Uh, but of course, uh, they, uh, are, they have no authority to force people to uh, download the technology uh, we, we've been discussing. Now, it's certainly true, look, the, the, the Apple and Google certainly are uh, the, the, the producers of the, the software and hardware that the vast majority of people in the United States use when they're using a mobile phone. Uh, and they could certainly say, look, you know, here's an update and uh, a necessary part of the update is the downloading of this technology. But I, I do think it's fair to say, although I haven't looked at the specific technology uh, in depth, I think it's fair to say that it, it's um, its effectiveness uh, correlates with the number of people who use it. And uh, that, I think, opens the door for potential uh, government encouragement, let's put it that way. Uh, and that's potentially uh, rather worrying. Uh, there have been debates um among classical liberals about the role of government in public health. Uh, we, we're here in the middle of a outbreak of a virus, but uh, this reminds me of conversations uh, libertarians have had about uh, vaccines, whether the government can mandate that. Um, I, I think uh, there, there'll be widespread disagreement, but I think uh, even in this kind of crisis, you have seen classical liberals 
uh, saying that actually there is a role. And and if we are willing to say there is a role, then I think uh, it, it behooves us to make sure that uh, when the government's carrying out this, this action, like any other action, that it is uh, transparent and respects civil liberties. Matthew Feeney directs Cato's project on emerging technologies. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.